All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 7, Episode 15 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. The boys are back together. Yeah. The trio, the tripod has been assembled. For as those they of say, you concerned. As they, what, what movie was that? The uh, Girl Next Door? We're a fucking tripod, man. I don't know. I'm going to let everyone down because I haven't seen that movie. But, uh, you seen Girl Next Door? I've seen it. I don't remember that line <laughs> at all. We're a fucking tripod, man. What are we? We're a fucking tripod, man. Anyways. We we are a fucking tripod. Yeah. Are you sure so. it's from that movie? Yeah. I think so. Are we thinking about the same one with Alicia Go- Cuthbert and yeah, yeah, yeah. Emile Hirsch? Yeah. yeah. There's I'm, I'm three guys in that? Wow. You, Google it. You know the actors in it and actresses but you just don't know oh, it's a classic yeah. it's a classic Beauty. teenage rom-com well if i'm wrong i'm sorry but anyways the boys are back we got uh Trap. i'm back from getting married yeah. uh, a couple you know i was back last week but you're, yeah, no, you're right you're right I it was that movie good well, for yeah. me uh, yeah there's a youtube video that matches <laughs> the description that you gave so. maybe instead of the i'll blues, give it to you maybe instead of the blue stones will play that <laughs> at the uh, at the intermission yeah. um copyright infringement for sure but yeah. So, First uh, official one since Brock's turned into uh, Mr. His Wife's last name. Um, no, Because no. he took her last Definitely name. Definitely kept my last yeah. name. It was actually bizarre. She changed her name on Instagram, and I was Ooh, like, whoa, Ooh. what a move. That's, that's official. What? Mary oh, Sina. okay. <laughs> there we go. I was worried for a second. <laughs> there we go. Just, yeah, just change it completely. Change it back. <laughs> change her name on Instagram, and then I, I haven't heard from her since. Yeah, she just left this country. <laughs> Never seen her again. Yeah. But, uh, Biebs, you had a nice trip to Pittsburgh. Hope yes. you had fun. 
Obviously, um, uh, you know, you got to enjoy a pretty solid Penguins game overtime, yeah. right? Overtime, on, on yeah. Saturday, and it was uh, it was the Thursday game, so we got to see oh, Florida, which was pretty cool. Pre Barkov getting majorly injured, so um, we'll talk about that too. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm glad I got to catch that early. I got to ca- catch Wingsler alert, Aaron Ekblad, and honestly, uh, Bobrovsky stood out as just like the player of the Stud, game. That eh? game, he uh, he took over, but yeah, and Jeff Carter. Um, Jeff Carter gets so many chances. He's just still always there. There's just no one out there for Pittsburgh, though. It's kind of what Sid wasn't playing. Um, obviously no Malkin, but no, it, it was great having been to a live NHL game in two and a half years. So you know, it was uh, it was kind of nice to see that. Um, you know, just have that energy, and then especially to get some free hockey. It was uh, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, good for you. That's fun. And then obviously you went to the worst football game I think in history on Sunday. Yeah, the Detroit Lions. Actually, game. Was, the, the game itself wasn't too terrible for the most part. The overtime was just like just the most pathetic performance <laughs> yeah. of football and, I've ever seen. And it's funny because everyone watching at home like comments on that, but it was such a cold, rainy day. Um, it was supposed to snow, and then it was just like borderline. So it was almost like. That like I don't even sleep. Yeah. We'll call it, and uh, so you're just covered in that, and it's like okay, all right, we game's over. Like you know, it's the Lions not going to go to OT, so we'll get out of there, go get warm, and then it's like oh my god, we're getting free football now, and then it's ten minutes, ten football minutes later of the sloppiest overtime ever. Um, but pretty cool to see a tie because I know I mean, NFL ties are pretty unique. Yeah, um, you don't get to see that very often. Not a score and, gone uh, though. When you're when you're in enemy 16, territory, 16, eh? no, yeah. no, not a scoring on no. me. When you're in uh, when you're in enemy territory, wearing uh, wearing the Lions blue, um, it's nice to have them tie instead of win because you know you can get out of there without uh, without any issues. Not that we'd ever have any. City of Pittsburgh was awesome. The people there were awesome. Um, even ran into some DFO fans. So it was, nice. Yeah, I heard you ran into a couple a, of listeners. Yeah. That's good. Ran into a couple of listeners. Ran into Patrick Hornquist and Anton Lindell just walking through the street. Talk about so, Anton Lindell later. Today yeah, as well. absolutely. Um, so it was a uh, it was a a, a great um, you know getting back to reality and uh, not to give you guys too much trip trip knowledge, but you know, um, Beeb's had a good time. Beeb saw sports and um, had a good liquid diet over the weekend. I'll say yeah. that much. <laughs> Speaking of liquid diets, uh, yes. so we put out a Twitter poll today the people have wondering spoken. what you guys want from today's episode. Uh, very important poll. It was yeah. buy low, sell high, cut bait, legit or not legit, or just drink beers all episode. Uh, I did quote tweet it, maybe skewing the results a tad, and I said, you guys know what to do. 37% of the votes coming in at just drink beers all episode. A little low, I might add. I'm yeah. not sure. Did they just want, like, glurps consistent, just like us going, like, oop, like just oop, maybe oop. just, like, chugging and then, like, a couple burps. Just, just beer bonging, yeah. like, the whole episode. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do on today's episode is for sure just drink beers all episode. We've got a hefty cooler here, so we won't let you down there. You may notice... <laughs> As we go along, couple uh, clings, couple absolutely. Yeah. But we don't want to let down the other. What would it be? Seventy, sixty-three percent of people yeah. who did not vote for just drink beers all episode. So um, we are going to talk about buy low, sell highs, and we are going to get to some waiver wire pickups. Mostly, we're going to talk about Alexander Barkov. Uh, he's out week to week with a lower body injury, pretty greasy hit from scott mayfield last night uh but he's out week to week so we're just gonna talk about some center pickups to um to replace barkoff and uh and yeah that's pretty much it so we're gonna start here with our buy low candidates for the season d uh we let beebs talk for a little while there i always talk a lot so we'll start with you let's get your buy low candidate right now uh yeah i'll start off with a guy that we've been getting a lot of questions about on the regular this season um, and that's Elias Pettersson out in Vancouver. 
Uh, obviously off to a relatively slow start. Pedersen has just three goals, six assists in 16 games this year. He does have 44 shots on goal through 16 games on pace for 225 uh, over a full 82, which would be a career high for him. He is shooting as well, just 6.8%. So I think you guys can see where I'm going with this, but 225 shots at his career shooting percentage of 16.5%, which is obviously pretty high. He's always been a sharp shooter, a sharp shooter uh, in his short time in the league. Uh, but that would work out to 37 goals. So uh, certainly it's possible and, you know, probably plausible that he struggles to maintain a shooting percentage, you know, as high as 16.5% with the increased volume. Uh, but I think there's definitely some regression coming there, uh, of course, you know, with it being as low as 6.8%. And if he gets anywhere near his career rate, uh, you know, and can maintain that current volume, he'll be comfortably above 30 goals uh, by, at, by year's end and, you know, for the first time in his career. So uh I actually like what we've seen from so far from Pedersen, um, you know, from an underlying perspective, like we said, um, you know, one of the things that kind of held him back in recent years um, in terms of upside was his shot volume. So to see that take uh, an uptick forward is really encouraging. And the, the assist should also continue to improve his on-ice shooting percentage currently at 8.9% career rate of 12.2. So there's more regression coming there as well. Uh, and his line with, Besser and Miller averaging about 30 scoring chances per 60 right in line with what we've seen from them the last couple of seasons. So definitely a lot of aggression coming Pedersen and that line's way. Uh, so it'll definitely get better. I, I think you have to be patient if you have him, And if you don't, I think he's a, a great buy low target right now. Yeah. And I think that um, me and D actually witnessed this happen with the Pedersen trade going down in one of our leagues. Some of their, some of the Pedersen owners right now are starting to get a little antsy with them, getting a little worried and, and we're kind of watching the wheels fall off in Vancouver. So um, it, when they are going to fix itself and when they do, we obviously know who's going to lead that. It's going to be the boy PD. Um, we watched a diehard Vancouver fan in one of our leagues trade him. So that's just showing um, that, you know, fan, some people who own PD are willing to dish him at this point, especially if they're really pissed them off like that. So I, I, I agree. Um, it's an it's an elite player that it, it, time's never been better. Yeah, I, I think obviously like the offseason holdout um, is one thing. And then it's just kind of a, a shitty situation in Vancouver right now that's really kind of holding everybody down, it seems. But yeah. the underlying statistics are still there. Uh, I think it'd be fair to say that this Vancouver team as a whole has kind of just underperformed as opposed to really just playing poorly. Uh, they've always been kind of a team that is pretty good offensively and just struggles on the defensive side. But we really don't care about that uh, in fantasy hockey. So the offensive numbers should come around. You you made many, many good points as to why those those like those numbers should bounce back for for Elias Pettersson this season. Uh, since we're talking about the Vancouver Canucks now, you might as well just go right into your your next buy low candidate before we move on to another squad here. Yeah, I, I already mentioned it, but Besser as well. Uh, Miller is actually off to a great start. He's reaping in the the production on the power play. Uh, but Besser is lagging behind a little bit, just like Pedersen. He's got eight points, four goals, four assists through 13 games. Uh, and just like Pedersen, Besser's shot volume is actually up. He's on pace for career high uh, in shots on goal. His shooting percentage is down. Uh, scoring chances are there, like we already talked about, and the on-ice shooting percentage isn't. So there's a lot of regression coming here. Uh, I'd expect him to get back to his usual scoring rates before too long. Uh, and just another solid buy low, you know, on a slightly lesser scale than Pedersen probably could get him for a slightly less price, but obviously doesn't carry as much upside. Uh, but still someone, like I said, I just expect to get back to their usual production before too long. Uh, and I think you can catch their owners being a little impatient right now. Yeah. And they, both those guys have really kind of moved up and down the lineup. You know, we've seen Pedersen centering the third line at times, Brock Besser dropped down to the 
third line. Uh, Travis Green just really searching for anything. I think one of the bi- one of the biggest remedies I think at this point in time would probably be just to move away from Travis Green as a whole. Uh, <laughs> would be a good start. You know what they need to Who'd do? Thought maybe is also... just go get whoever. I don't care who it is to be the head coach, but please just bring in Jeremy Colton to run this power play and just get PD Besser Miller. Right. Bad. Just well, uh, remember a couple of years ago they finished top five in the league in power play percentage. Quinn Hughes' first full yep. season, and then the last couple of years they finished in the bottom half of the league. So. It's been, you know, and really, like like you say, they have all the weapons in the world to, at least for that top power play unit, uh, be an effective team with the man advantage. So certainly think that, um, yeah, there's a lot of room for improvement there. And, you know, you know how I feel about Colleton's ability to run a power play. Yeah, so. Colleton is the boy. Uh, yeah, I guess, though, you know, when you're a power play stud, you don't really know how to coach defensively. And we've seen the Blackhawks be much better defensively in uh, in three games since letting him go. They went from literally 3.3 goals against per game to 1.3. So a, a vast improvement in a short sample size thus far, but uh, much better without Colleton behind the bench. Uh, speaking of struggling power plays, B, I'm just going to go really quick here. i got a quick one to mention. Uh, and I think one of the better buy-low candidates in the NHL right now is Nikita Kucherov. Uh, still expected to be out for an extended period of time. Uh, but, he, you know, believe it or not, he's, he's already three weeks in. Uh, I think it's three weeks Thursday. Uh, he'll be three weeks into his eight to ten week timeline. So if you're an uh, owner, you believe it because it's it's been hurting. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're really like you know five weeks away maybe before you know until he returns. And uh, if you know a, you would imagine that a Kucherov owner, you know, without your top player, could be struggling as a whole right now. Uh, so I think that you could, if you could put together a package, uh, right now, like, I think is the time to do it, right? You know, yeah. it's going to hurt you, it, but if you've, you know, got off to a, a three and O or four and O start to the season and you could maybe uh, afford a loss or two to, to add Kucherov to your lineup, uh, for the long haul, I think it would definitely be, you know, worth it right now. So obviously it's a bit of a stretch, but you know, missing five weeks still is a lengthy period of time and, and an owner sitting with him on his IR is, um, could be looking for for an upgrade for sure. So yeah, we've obviously if seen getting the... desperate. They've you know that was their early pick. They've exactly. Yeah, to lose like... some games. Give them someone who's hot right now. I took McKinnon in one of my leagues and like yeah, I'm, I'm working on lose, a McKinnon deal. When right you now. when you lose those big guns, I mean your your lineup suffers. You you pick those guys yeah. in the you know first couple picks, so you were at the end of the second round, and you're probably not getting anybody that's you know yeah ripping it up. Uh, obviously, there's some examples. Say this year, we've had some crazy production off the free agent wire. Um, it almost seems like comparable to the other years. Just like you're getting top 40 guys left and right, which is wild. Um, Troy Terry is an absolute Troy monster. Troy Terry, Duchesne right now. Oh. Like, you guys are going nuts. I, I mentioned it on my Monday uh, report. Like I hope everybody listened when I was talking about Duchesne like three weeks ago when yeah. he was 22%. Well, you He's talked about to... him there, and then we, me and D ended up talking about him. Or, or it was, yeah, the we week knew. I was getting we, married. We talked about him literally right after, so we doubled down that week. It's like a lecture in university. We doubled <laughs> down. You got to put that shit on your exam. Um, yeah. I think he's up, up, he was up should. to 70% on Monday. Hopefully, well, he's even should higher. should be even now. higher, yes. Uh, but yeah, so I just – anyways, obviously uh, Kucherov is a pretty obvious example, but uh, if, if you're in a league, and I would imagine most of you are, where the Kucherov owner is struggling a little bit out of the gates, you got off to a nice start can afford to maybe lose a week by trading a stud and getting Kucherov in your lineup. And he is, you know, we, we've seen that Tampa Bay Lightning power play fall completely off a cliff without him. So uh, they're desperate for his return just as much as his fantasy owners are. But uh, Beeps, finally back to you here. Who is one of your buy low candidates? Uh, 
if we're going by low candidate, we're talking injuries. I might as well just go straight to injury bug. Mark Shifley. Uh, I don't know why he's the injury bug. He just hurt his leg earlier in the year. But that has caused him to have a pretty slow start. Only nine games played so far this year. Two goals, three assists, and 20 total shots across his games. He's playing with Ehlers in Cop, um, one of one of a daily faceoff favorite pickups. Um, so he, he realistically should um, be having more success than he is. But I think this is all just a case of he's taking a bit to get going. The motor's starting to heat up. And we've really started to see that production his last two games. Guy's playing over 20 minutes every night. It's almost a guarantee. Um, he's had a point per game every season since 2015 so it's not like he's not going to go back this this isn't a fluke year just again taking a bit to get out of the gate 362 points in his last 348 games since that season where he was not a point per game again this is a this is a league where you're going to get maybe 20 30 guys that get that get a point per game if you can snag this guy right now from owners who also maybe are feeling a little down after you know a lot of people hating on this guy after that hit last year in the playoffs. Still not feeling hot about him. If they're not feeling him after nine games, you can swoop right in there, get a point-per-game player. I absolutely love it. Again, 20-plus minutes a night. Um, it's just there, there's way too much going on there. He's playing top line, top their second power play. Um, but, I mean, it's kind of a 50-50 split out there in Winnipeg. So not yeah, to really worry. no, no um, uh it's yeah. a one A one B situation yeah. for sure. Kind of a theme with the guys that I'm I'm gonna say today. There are, there are a lot of superstars that are never gonna have lower value. So you kind of got to get in now. And with someone like Shifley again, over 350 games or almost 350 games we have in it to to go off of. This is this is a minor fluke. And again, it's only five points in nine games. It's not that far off. He has one four point night, and we're right back there. It's nine games yeah. kind of thing. It's the not... one thing too, right, is is while he was out there with yeah. COVID for a little bit, uh, COVID the, the, the top leg. the top line is gonna slow you, or like the top six, I guess the way they had it constructed with Dubois, uh, Connor, and Svechnikov was red hot. Then you had Ehlers. Uh, Whoever else was there, Harkins I can't remember. Or whoever, Harkins whoever the rest of the line was, Ehlers, Cop, and Wheeler. It wasn't really Wheeler. No, it was, I can't remember who the other guy is. Stastny, yes, Stastny, but he's out Good now call. too. So when those guys were together, they were they were cooking, and then when Shifley returned to the lineup, they put him on the third line with Adam Lowry for a little bit. Um, so that honestly, kind of, that's going to slow you down. But he's back on the top yeah. line. He's with Ehlers. You know, he, he's going to get going eventually yeah. here, and and I like it for sure. It's he went you know, pointless he, he, for five games. Literally one of the most consistent players year in and year out. So there's really not a whole lot to be worried about. But uh, D, another buy low from you. Oh no, you used them both already because we went to you back to back. For me, it's Kirill Kaprizov, uh, fan favorite of the show. Ridiculous year uh, a season ago 27 goals 24 assists in 50 51 points in 55 games uh, really just a, a, a really strong year in his first year wins the Calder everybody kind of flocks towards him this year expecting uh, kind of a repeat performance and it's been a little bit of a struggle out of the gate uh, just three goals in 15 games he does have eight assists the numbers aren't terrible but they could be much better. They're not what He's they were drafted. Three point two shots per game, which is great. That's on pace for two hundred and sixty eight shots over the course of a full season. Uh, the reason you should fall in love with him and try to pick him up now, shooting just six point one percent on those sh- on those ridiculously impressive shot volume. So uh, shot seventeen point two percent. Obviously, a guy that can shoot much higher than six point one. Lot to like here again on ice shooting percentage as well, just eight point eight percent. Recently, he's been playing with Frederick Gaudreau, which is not uh, a great recipe for success. But the Kevin Fiala, Joel Erickson, Eck line has been cooking. They finally, it finally looks like Ryan Hartman is going to move up and center the line. 
uh, with Zuccarello and Kaprizov on Thursday. And Hartman has been absolutely electric uh, this season, especially the last couple weeks. We'll talk about him a little bit later in the show. But uh, just given, you know, if if people aren't really paying enough attention, they're seeing just three goals out of a guy that they took in the second round. And I I think there's, there's certain picks that you make on draft day where you feel confident, you feel solid. Uh, And then there's other picks where you're kind of just hopeful and expecting there to be this huge upside there. And I think Kaprizov kind of falls into that mix, right? You're not 100%. You weren't 100% sure what you're going to get out of him. It probably felt a little bit early after one rookie season to expect him to get to like 90 points this year. So... I feel like those type of players you're probably a little bit more nervous about. I think Kaprizov would fall uh, fall under that 100%. that umbrella. So I think he would be a, probably a pretty easy guy if you're talking about players that were drafted in the top couple rounds to to trade for uh, right now. So I like Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. That's definitely what you're doing if you're taking him. It was probably a guy who in that second round might have like I don't might have fell. There was uh, someone they wanted to take right before. Kaprizov's there. Eh. You're like, oh, the ceiling, the Perfect ceiling, Perfect time ceiling. to snag him. Um, I'm going to talk about someone, though, who people should have been taking with the full confidence that he's going to straight up be the best fantasy defensive ho- or fantasy defenseman in the league. Kale McCarr on my Colorado Avalanche. I had to talk about it. Not biased. Strictly because he's a buy low right now because he's never going to be higher or never going to be lower in, the, in his ranking. Currently a minus seven through 10 games. Absolutely glaring if that is a category in leagues. Two goals, six assists, so still eight points throughout those 10 games. But again, doesn't seem he hasn't played every single game. He's in and out of the lineup. He's probably pissing a lot of teams off right now. And if you can trade someone who's playing as a 1D man right now for Makar to someone who's been pissed off about it, you're going to get arguably one of the best offensive D-man in the league. Um, he's put up a point per game already in the season. Um, he's proven that he is you know, an elite offensive playmaker, one thing that you can also write off of Nathan McKinnon being out of the lineup is scaring a lot of people. All that means is that Kale McCarr is now that much more power playing the or quarterbacking the power play. Um, you know, he there are there's so much talent in Colorado that that it's not like and they're, they're going to get going str- too. Yeah, like, and that's it too. They really haven't gotten going. The last two games they scored 13 goals in two games. That's kind of you know not what we're expecting, but we're expecting four or five goals a night from them. It's going to happen with health. This team's been incredibly hurt, and McCarr's just going to be in the middle of all of it as well. Bowen Byron's been in and out of the lineup with injuries. Um, that's They look phenomenal when they're out there together. That looks like it's going to be a pairing in the future. Should only help them. That minus seven hurt very much by, I believe it was a minus 11 in week one for McCarr, so it's only improving. Um, even at this pace, if he were to play an 80-game season, he would still have 16 goals, 34 assists. That's elite production from a D-man. That's borderline uh, if you have a forward going in and out of the lineup. So if you can get that, um, yeah, I don't know if it. you have to sell anybody on Kelly. I don't. I don't. I don't think I have to at all. But it's just more the fact. I think that people need to be. I would realistically give up. Well, because so that's what that's what I was just going to do. Him. So here's a couple of guys that you yeah. could probably just throw out there. You might have to throw in a sweetener, just like that. You yeah. would be basically stealing the car that are playing very well right now. I think Tony D'Angelo would be up there just Absolutely. If, if you gave up somebody else to try to get Makar. I think that'd be fine. I still like Tony D'Angelo a lot. Yeah, I like I look probably every player I think Charlie name. McAvoy as well mm-hmm. is somebody that you could probably throw on that list, but you probably would still need more. Um, here's a good question for both of you. D, we'll start with you here. Roman Yossi or Kale Makar rest of the season? Hmm... 
Because nobody, I'm going Cam nobody had Roman Yossi ranked high, and he's been nothing short of amazing this year. Uh, I would probably say Makar. I just think too much has yeah. gone against the Avalanche this year, and, and he's Yossi's still doing kind that. of bad every yeah. So I, I, every I, I, kind, I agree that. So that's more my point. Just basically trade anyone. If 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 you can get Makar, it's it's only going to go up from here mm-hmm. for him. He's going to get to the point where he is untouchable, and he's not untouchable right now. He really isn't. There is some glaring categories there. Um, well, yeah, I think you just you yeah. said it at the start, right? Like his value is never going to be lower. lower. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it might not get better for the next couple of weeks until you know McKinnon comes yeah. back. But once he's back, and I think we can throw Rantanen into that same bucket. Score tonight, but he's going to get much hotter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's only going to go up. So, um, yeah, like I think Rantanen's a guy that we all expect to be above a point per game pace from here on out, and he hasn't been that so far this year. So. If uh, yeah, it's just like you said, the value is never going to be lower on these guys, so they're worth taking a swing on. Back to the other end of the spectrum here, going back to UD. Haven't heard from you in a minute until then. So uh, who are you selling high on? Uh, I'm looking at Chris Kreider. I, I know it's probably a, a pretty obvious one, but he does have 12 goals in 16 games. It's been um, really, really good, which is pretty crazy. Um, so I, I think there may be some people that are a little bit hesitant. To sell him and maybe thinking that he's really turned a corner and unlocked some, you know, un- or some hidden potential. But uh, I really don't think that's the case. The shot volume is up, which you love to see. Uh, but a shooting percentage is through the roof at 24%. <laughs> um, you know, I could definitely see him topping 30 goals for the first time with this uh, hot start and the slight increase in volume. Uh, but certainly I expect his goal scoring production to fall back closer in line with what we're used to seeing from Chris Kreider um that 25 goal pace you know he is a really reliable goal scorer um but the issue with Kreider is there's never any sort of assist production to fall back on so uh you know when his like I said when he does cool off and his goal scoring falls back in line with what we're used to seeing from him there's gonna be like I said uh, absolutely no sort of assist totals to, to fall back on uh he's never had more than 25 assists in a season uh, and it'll be hard to justify owning him in a lot of formats like it is year to year when mm-hmm. he's scoring, you know, 25 goals and only putting up 20 assists or so. Um, so, yeah, I think he's going to end up falling kind of close back to being a fringe roster guy. And if you can sell him for anything more than that right now, I think it's worth doing because even if he stays, you know, hot for a little bit longer, let's say even if he ends up scoring 35 goals this year, you're really not going to be kicking yourself too hard if you sell sell him high right now because he's yeah. not going to top 20 assists. I promise you. He's got just three assists uh, so far through the first 16 games, and that's pretty consistent, like I said, with what we've seen from him throughout his career. So the, obviously it depends yeah. on your format, right? If you're in a league that gives a lot of premium to goal scoring, uh, you might want to value him just a little bit higher. But like I said, I, I expect him to obviously fall back. You know, he's obviously not going to be anywhere near – um, this goal scoring rate, but I do think he's going to fall back in line with what we're used to seeing. So. His value is even higher if you're in Yahoo Standard Leagues too because of the hits. He yeah. provides plenty of hits. He's got 35 and 16 games. He's been over 100 hits in about seven con- seven to nine consecutive seasons uh, based on my quick math here. Quick maths. He, uh, the one thing that's very concerning about Chris Kreider is that seven of those 12 goals have come on the power play. Uh, which is fine. It's a good power play team. He's going to continue to get power play goals, but this team is not good at 5v5. Yeah. Panarin has struggled at 5v5. Zibanejad, who Kreider primarily plays with, has struggled mightily at 5v5. The 5v5 production is going to be very hard to come by. He's going to re- rely on the power play almost exclusively this season. And and like you said, he's just not going he's not going to put up 20 assists from the from here on out. Yeah. Uh so yeah, Chris Kreider, I think 
Biebs, you're going to talk about Troy Terry in a minute. Those two are so glaringly obvious, and uh, I, I, I actually have more faith in Troy Terry than I do in Chris Kreider. For sure. Because, I mean, he's shooting 24%, right? And aside from a slight uptick in volume, there's really nothing new here that we haven't seen from him already the last eight years. He's just off to uh, a really great start, obviously, like you said, especially on the power play. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, like I think a best-case scenario for him is like 30 to 35 goals and, and 20 assists this season. And that's you know assuming he can stay a little bit hot still moving forward. But yeah. otherwise, I think more realistically, he's probably going to end up around 30 goals and 20 assists. It, it is actually pretty wild if my math is correct, uh, which I think it is. You're a big math guy today. Yeah, it, again, if we're, we're playing the extrapolation game, my favorite game. Uh, if you do extrapolate his current shot volume over the next, you know, the remaining games this season, and he shoots 14.3%, which is career shooting percentage, he could be in line to score another 29 goals this season, which would get, land him around 41 goals Ooh, for the year, which would be pretty, cries. pretty uh, incredible. But uh, you know, I think that it's a fair bet to to gamble that that won't happen. Uh, and even still, that's a step down from where he's at right yeah. now. Well, yeah, well, hundred percent. And yeah. I, I just you think about what you could potentially get in in a re- yeah. return here, um, and, and the one thing that's really interesting about these sell high guys, especially like a, a Chris Kreider or a Troy Terry, is they're like the ultimate sweeteners yeah. in deals, right? Like you can just like you can part with Chris Kreider in any trade that you're making, yeah. and be ha- and be fine, and I, be like you don't give a shit. I got him in a twelve team keeper league off the free agency. It was it was a waiver pickup because someone drafted where he's dropped, been for. That's where I got him ten so years. He's yeah. literally just on my team as like a. It's oh, just thanks. a bonus chip. Yeah. Yeah. And for a lot of people, Cash that not, chip in. Yeah, that's kind of like Troy Terry. As we segue into that, you were never expecting this type of production on your team. So you can kind of also afford to say, honestly, if you lose that trade, you trade him for a top talent. You lose the trade by a little bit. Say Kreider keeps this up. You lose that trade by a tiny bit. You're still getting top end production for someone you grabbed off. Yeah, you liquidated that investment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and we love, you know, to go with uh, – that's kind of just – kind of theme always of our sell highs it's like try to get someone who has been there done that before and if someone's like troy terry is doing what they're doing unexpectedly um i'd trust you know a mark shifley who's put up 360 points in 350 games to keep up a point per game over you know someone who hasn't done it before I, not to put those in exact trade one-on-ones but just a i lot think the important part of what we're doing here too is that i think the Sometimes the opposite happens with fantasy owners is you pick this guy up and you don't look at him as an expendable asset. You you feel like you you have found that yeah. diamond in the rough and you take pride in that yeah. diamond and you don't want to trade and him. And then when they because do when fall they, back down. Because when you trade them and he continues to play pretty well, you like feel like you, you gave up on him or yeah. whatever. And sometimes people are reluctant to trade these guys. Nah. And, and I you gotta have a short. I think leash. the short memory, like yeah. you have to just realize that these numbers are unsustainable, regardless of yeah. how impressive they've been and and how much they've provided to your team thus far. Yeah, and if we're talking about numbers that are unsustainable, Troy Terry, let's hear Troy it. Terry shooting a bonkers twenty eight point two percent. It's actually down. He was shooting thirty three percent a week ago, oh, which is down. At Wait, 28. does that mean the regression is started? Yeah, you know, regression has started, <laughs> even though he put up a point again. He has gotten a point every single game this year, except for game one where he left with an injury after eight minutes. Um, this guy is going nuts. We talk about it every week. It's just the Troy Terry podcast at this point. But we're not as wild as some people. Um, we actually saw a high-end NHL media outlet say that this is like, can this guy keep up his 
what was it? Heart I, trophy. It's heart trophy pace. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> there is no way. That is exactly what we're coming at here. Troy Terry, 11 goals, 10 assists this year on 39 shots. That's good for fourth in the league in points, fifth in goals, and first in trade sell high candidates. <laughs> this guy, there's n- absolutely no way this is sustainable. <laughs> It's really awesome to see what's happening. I don't even think he would have won Player of the Month for October. Yeah, like Connor McDavid exists, Dreisaitl exists. Literally, I mean, it's awesome what's (laughs) happening in Anaheim. I love seeing Trevor Zegras score goals, chuck his stick into the crowd. Yeah, beautiful. I I don't want our our stance to get blurred here. We're in love with Anaheim one. (laughs) We love (laughs) everything that Anaheim one brings. We love Anaheim one. It's just we don't believe it compares to Edmonton one. (laughs) Right, (laughs) but I also want to point out like everything we've seen. Like I think Terry's still going to be a really good player this year. I think he can be around a sixty to you know seventy point pace from here on out. But yeah, you you said it right. Twenty eight percent shooting. Percentage, 14% on ice shooting percentage. Those both have to fall back a bit. Honestly, like I, I thought the on ice would be a little bit higher, so it's it's encouraging. And, and we've talked about how good the underlying numbers are for Anaheim. Yeah, they're averaging they're not over, through the roof, but it's very high. They're averaging hockey. like 30 po- 31 scoring chances for per 60 yeah. and like 15 high danger. The numbers are really, really good. They're uh, like so get, fun to watch. Gets off is shooting more than he's ever shot. Henrique is shooting getting those rebound apples really because yeah, he's not all, getting the goals. No, like yeah. they're all just they're all producing. Yeah. And yeah, I absolutely Henrique looks amazing. This is Winter relatively life. sustainable. They can have a really good year. Yeah, all three he's just not going to be operating above a point per game. No, yeah. and I, I I tweeted out um, I don't know a week and a half ago maybe that like it, you you as much as you love the guy and as as much as he's done for you probably single-handedly winning you weeks at times yeah you have to sell high and i and i i played the extrapolation game on twitter and it i would say from this point forward this was a couple weeks ago so it's a little bit different but i think i had him at about 28 goals 25 assists I'll from, take that. from from here on out which would still put him at like 40 goals on the year yeah Basically, my close. point is trade this guy as he's a forward one for you for another forward one. Even if it's someone producing a little bit less, so many people are looking at these numbers right now and just, oh. But, I mean, who wouldn't? And, again, this guy doesn't mean anything to you. You picked him up off the waiver wire. If you drafted him, you're a genius. Thank you. You're the best. Oh, my How God. How about, like, Troy him. Terry for Nick Ehlers? Ehlers has got 11 points in 15 games. I'm going to take that right now. And I, I think, like, I think Ehlers is another one of those guys who kind of was uh, broke out a little bit last year, much better than we've ever seen from him. Troy similar Terry for a, Pedersen, maybe? Yeah, like, s- similar to a Kaprizov. Yeah. You expected – you were expecting big things from Ehlers. He's let you down a little bit to, to date. And then when you put those two point totals together, you're going to see an owner be like, holy shit. Yeah. And I think that their production could be relatively similar throughout the remainder of the season, but I think that I have a lot more confidence in Ehlers doing it, and I think that he will still be better for the rest of the season. And I think that's a legitimate trade that could be accepted. That's the first player that came to my mind. No, There's a I lot of players that. like that. I but think D hit it with, with Peterson, yeah. too, and I, I kind of hesitated to say yes, but now that I think about it, Yes, 100%. you're getting Elias Pedersen. It's that's ridiculous. You're getting a guy who's going. I top think Pedersen would draft. be a little yeah. bit harder to get. It, like I think people are yeah. a little bit more tied to Pedersen than they would be to yeah. Nick Ehlers. I'm just I yeah. I, I'm a big fan of trade and Terry for right now. If you can get like you say anything close to a anything legitimate substance. starting forward in, in fantasy hockey, um, 
and I wouldn't be too upset or worried about potentially selling a little bit low. Like I said, he's not going to operate above a point per game, but he could still be very good the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, I think it's kind of what Beavs is alluding to. And, and like I said before, it's about kind of like liquidating the asset, right? Yep. You're, you're getting the return for it right now. And you can look at, at someone like Terry, whose value is a little bit more volatile because, you know, this is obviously brand new for him. We haven't seen this before. We talked about how really random it was and almost like two or three years delayed. And I think you can definitely look to move that for a little bit more of assured value, something a little player, like you said, whose production is a little less volatile. Maybe you end up losing the trade by year's end, but right now you're saying, you know, this guy picked up this roster spot that I had an open spot and used as a pickup three weeks ago. It's now a solidified player. I can rely on for the rest of the season. Um, I forget what I was going to say. I do. If you have stock in TT, Awesome. You've been doing great. But um if you and if you liquidate him for a top end talent, you're gonna be continue to grow great and you're gonna thank the Daily Face Off podcast because yeah. we told you to pick him up. So Okay, so I didn't actually forget what I was gonna say, I just forgot what this guy's last name was. Yeah. Byron Bader, uh Byron M. Bader on Twitter. He yeah. does um our prospect boy, analysis. Hockey prospect is he's he's terrific. Uh he he tweeted today that if Troy Terry turns into a star his like over his career, he will be one of the biggest outliers in like NHL history, just based off of what he's done throughout yeah. his career to date, Fifth it would round be draft it would, the only other player uh, that he kind of pointed out that would basically fit this mold that kind of struggled, didn't wasn't a, a really highly touted prospect, turned out to be a star, Joe Pavelski. So maybe Troy Terry is Joe Pavelski. He what sure I'm doesn't Actually, look what like Joe, Joe Pavelski out there, but um, that's not a bad or a good thing. Just different different rigs. Um, but yeah, no. He, he's fun. Um, he's great. It's a great story. But, yeah, uh, give me some of that first-round talent if uh, someone's willing to do it. I'm also hoping some people in, in some leagues that I play in aren't listening to this because I've been chucking them around like it's candy. So, Troy Terry. You guys might be a little bit surprised by my sell high. Um, I mean, it, it, it makes perfect sense. But Mo? No, Tyler Bertuzzi. Oh, uh, same team. Is, is who I'm going with. I mean, I, I kind of gave it away, did I not? But – We've already no. started to kind of see Detroit slowing down a little bit. Uh, the underlying numbers for Detroit 1 are still outstanding. I still expect Tyler Bertuzzi to have a ridiculously good year. I shouldn't say ridiculously good. No, but, but like better re- than we thought. Better than, well, and then you just got to remember, like he's going to just be missing time Straight sometimes. He's just, he's just kind of just an asshole. Uh, but he has <laughs> nine goals, eight assists, and seven, 17 points in 15 games. 33 shots on goal. He's shooting an outrageous 27.3%. And his on-ice shooting percentage is at 15.1. That's the same um, as McDavid, Playing with way. Connor McDavid, you could probably maintain yeah. something around 15% uh, on-ice shooting percentage if, you know, you're playing with Connor McDavid. Uh, you're playing with Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond, both great players. Love them both dearly. But this is just not a sustainable run for Tyler Bertuzzi. And again... Uh, just going to be missing time. It is a little bonkers, though. If you put his last, like last year where he missed almost the entire season and this year together, 14 goals, 10 assists, 24 points, but shooting 26.4%. How he has managed to shoot 26.4% over 24 games is, is it's awe-inspiring, really. Like you look at these two numbers side by side, the way it stands on his uh, hockey reference page, and it's just insanity. Uh, but realistically, this guy's a 15, 16% career shooter. 
and he is going to be falling much lower uh, than where he is at right now. So Tyler Bertuzzi, I think, is a is a very easy trade uh, candidate, sell-high candidate right now. He continues to put up points. He had a goal called back the other day. He's playing massive minutes. He is somebody that I would imagine people would want. Uh, I mean, he scored four goals at one point this season. So. Oh, yeah. um, Forgot for like a week, and he and he did run cold for a little bit. We were like, oh, he went three game, three points without a game. That eh, classic Tyler Bertuzzi, classic Detroit Red Wings. Right after that, followed up with eight points in his next seven games. So, uh, it's there's not really anything where if people click on his box score or whatever they might do when they're looking at a trade in your league. I think Tyler Bertuzzi is a very obvious sell high candidate right now. Yeah. Are we done with sell high candidate? No, I I, I got a nice uh, juicy one out in Florida, and uh, it's kind of I guess going to fuel us into our next segment as well. Yep. Um, Anthony, yeah, oh, yeah, I thought so Before too. Before you try to make a segue, yeah, no, oh, well, well, then we're not segueing <laughs> yet. But Anthony Duclair out in Florida, currently seventy percent rostered. Um, just classic definition of a guy who you likely got off the waiver wire late, late, late in your draft. Eight goals, six assists, a plus twelve, but only thirty-three shots so far this year. That's eight goals off of 33, 33 shots. For those of you doing the math at home, that's 24.25%. And for those of you listening to us repeat ourselves here, that is completely unsustainable. Um, also, small piece around Duclair and that whole Florida team went down this week. We've mentioned it, Alexander Barkov. And that, uh, as much as, you know, we want to say that might lead to more things for other players. You no, are losing no, no. a top So the top, the top line is now Sam Bennett, Jonathan yeah. Huberdeau, and Anthony Duclair. Yes, Anthony Duclair had a nice run against yeah. next to Alexander Barkov. This will not continue. Exactly. No, it, that's and that's exactly where we're going here. Plus, this is a guy who's getting just I mean, no for, ice For the record, though, too, Alexander Barkov is just week to week. So he might miss yeah. two weeks. But, you know what? But, like, if, it's it, not like he's out for the year. Yeah, yeah very true. But. All it takes, a couple bad weeks to declare, and you've just lost all your value in him, and he's now a waiver wire player. Um, I don't think, obviously, I th- we all don't think he's going to continue to score on every fourth shot that he takes. He's currently tied for 13th in the league in goals. You can use that as a selling point. Also currently 38th in the league in points. Um, that's totally, you know, fantasy relevant. I, I just think you could trade this guy for a middle-of-the-roster player who's going to definitely give it to you more across the year it's someone who's done it he has been a fantasy asset for a couple years one of d's like pickups last year i believe that was a, one of our most memorable like you hell yeah heroic he year last year yeah because he had declare yeah the, I you remember. though you had declare pavelski petrie just <laughs> yeah. heroic the boys um but yeah so for me it's just it, it, declare might still have a career high season it's just you know we know what he's capable of we know where his ceiling ends and when you take barkov out for a couple weeks it just scares me a little bit. I think that his value is never going to be higher than what it is now. Moving to Claire, it might be the time. Um, I need more shots from this guy, too. I think the biggest concern, too, with Duclair is that he doesn't, he, doesn't, he just doesn't have, like, the most, like, the firmest grip on that role, right? I yeah. mean, there's so much depth on that team that, like, you, you're you're one bad or two bad games away from being replaced by Sam Reinhardt and being in... Yeah. Maybe the press box. He's yeah. already getting, you know, 13 and a half minutes of ice, less like than 14. He's never surpassed more than 17-10 all year. That's a that's an absolute red flag. Yeah, well, I, I think I said this a couple weeks ago, but he's a guy who you should start every game that he's playing with Barkov, and he's not worth rostering when he's not because he falls so far 
down the lineup, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think just a few weeks ago he was on the fourth line and he was available in something like 80% of leagues. Yeah. So, uh, and we talked about him a little bit as a guy to watch if he could move back up the lineup. So, yeah, he's yeah. just one of those guys whose value is just, you know, solely told or solely tied to his line mates. And, and part of that, like you said, Brock, is just because he doesn't have a firm, um, solidified role in that top six. He's kind of the, the one guy that they'll move in and out pretty consistently. So yeah, I, I think it hasn't changed. Like if he's playing with Barkov, like I said, he's worth starting every single night. If he's not, then he's probably not worth owning because he's probably playing 12 minutes on the fourth line. So if you can move him and get any sort of value for him, like you said, Beebs, any guy that's worth holding on to for the duration of a season, I think it's it's worth trading because otherwise uh, he's probably going to be back on the wire before too long. The one thing that is interesting, uh, worth noting before we go to UD for your next uh sell high candidate is that Duclair actually moved to the top power play unit today yeah. with Barkov out, which was a little bit surprising. So he is still on the top, uh, top line and top power play unit. So if, if your fantasy owners use daily face off as they should, um, you know, they might be like, Oh, where's Anthony Duclair playing in the right. lineup? Oh, top line, top power play stud stud. He's going to be great the rest of the season. <laughs> Let's, Trade for him. Exactly. Uh, but who's your sell high candidate, D? Um, this is a bit of a weird one. It's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And I say it's a little bit weird because he only has one goal. But he also has 18 assists in 15 games this season. Um, and there's, you know, there's just a, there's some holes in this production that I'm going to kind of highlight here. 19% on ice shooting percentage. Now, obviously, he plays with Leon Dreisaitl at five on five and you know because of that very high quality of line mates that he has in Edmonton he's always been able to or at least the last few years the last handful of years since dry settle McDavid have been in the league he's been able to sustain uh an on-ice shooting percentage above average but typically that's around 11 maybe 12 percent on a good year uh yeah and right now it's at almost 19 percent 18.2 percent on-ice shooting percentage um and yeah I just think you can try to train him and 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 frame him as a point per game player um, if you're able to do that, it's definitely worth doing. Another issue with his production, he's got 12 assists on the power play already this season. He's never had, you know, career high before this was 20 that he had all the way back in his rookie season. So um, one, he's never going to be the primary option or the primary puck mover on the power play. So the fact that he has 12 assists to this point already is a bit fluky. There's a lot of secondary apples yep. in there. Two, you know, as amazing as that power play is and as Which it is in it's incredible and as slam dunk of a bet it is to be the best power play in the league not just the rest of this season but probably for the next four or five seasons 43 percent. it's going to be very very hard to keep operating at that clip and like i said even with them operating at such a ridiculous rate uh nugent hopkins has been pretty fortunate to be in on as many goals as he had to to this point so like i said it just depends on your format right because some guys might not see a whole lot of value in him if it's a goal dependent format because he just has the one goal in 15 games this season uh but like i said if you can frame him as a point per game player um and someone you can get someone to kind of value him in that light definitely a guy that's worth moving right now um and then not that I want to just double back or walk it back at all. But again, there's obviously still some value to be had here. So I'm not just looking to move Nugent Hopkins for, for anything nothing. I can get for him. I still think he's going to be, you know, a 60, 65 point pace player from here on out. Uh, but these assist totals are going to die down uh, and, you know, shooting just 3%. So you can try to push that on whoever you're trying to sell that there's going to be more goals coming and, you know, look at all these assists and look at all this power play production. Uh, but yeah, the bottom is going to fall out. He's never going to, you know, score a ton of goals. Obviously, like I said, there's some regression coming there with just the one in 15 games. But if you can frame him as a point per game player, if you can get that sort of trade value for him, I think he's worth selling high right now. 
Yeah. Um, you know what is crazy? Like, I mean, we talk about how just insanely good that power play is, and, and that's all anybody's really talking about in the hockey world right now. Uh, but if you go back to the start of 2019, we're talking about 142 games. That power play is over 30%. It's crazy. And it's, that's insane. It, like, I get it. Leon and, and Connor are two of the best players yeah, in the world. Say, it is perfect. it insane? It, 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 but 30% is nuts. Like, like... Yeah. Well, I mean, Tampa, is the most so I mean, Tampa and yeah. Washington, this isn't like completely unheard of, right? Yeah. I mean, Tampa's probably the best example with having Kucherov and Stamkos, two guys, you know, not maybe not being one, two every single year in point production. But they've but gone on. They've gone, they were topping out at 28, 29%, yeah. right? So. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, we've seen incredible production. Boston, you know, you got Marshawn, you got Pasternak. Over that same time frame, 23%. Tampa, 22%. Toronto. Toronto, 22%. Uh, surprisingly enough, St. Louis there at twenty four percent, second in the league, which is I don't league. think we'll ever team. be able to properly understand or realize how good of a player Leon Drysettle is. Unfortunately, well, but and, I, and I, I honestly think he might be the second best player in the league. Like I talk about it time and time again on my, and on I know my, that's not a huge no, stretch to say at this point, always, but yeah. <laughs> but it's just I feel like he just kind of gets looked off in that regard because people tie his production so closely to McDavid, uh, and. I think I think seems it like does a have a little right. bit to do with it. Obviously, it's McDavid; he's a freak. But sure, when they're not together, the five v five numbers on on Leon's line, like Leon, Nugent, Hopkins, and Yamamoto, struggle at five v five. Yeah, and it doesn't make any sense. To well, me. I don't know if Leon's a centerman. Like yeah. that might be the biggest I issue think with it, it right? Yeah. But they move him to the wing, and it's like, oh man, maybe this is where he just needs to be. But yeah. I think the other issue is like you know when you're playing with Connor and then you go back and then you have to center your own line. It must just be like shit. Just <laughs> put me back up there, man. Yeah. I just want to just light it up. But anyways, let's fire it over to the Blue Stones, the uh, the second best part of the Daily Faceoff podcast because we're the number one. Yeah. Clearly, there are Duh. there are Leon Dreisaitl, we're the Duh. Connor McDavid, but we love them to death. Like we said, Leon's second best player in the world. <laughs> we're firing it over to the Blue Stones. When we get back, you hear from the three Connor McDavid's of the show, and we're gonna talk about. Well, not Connor McDavid's, but the centers. Yeah. Other centers. Not nearly as good as him. So enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back here in 60 seconds. I'm just going to call myself Wayne Gretzky. Get that out of the way. <laughs> been a long time, been a long time. Wrestled to the dirt, now I'm back on my crowd. I took a trip to the borderlands, and I dashed my head in some upstream. Seven, episode 15 so much energy on this return of the gfo podcast i'm your co-host dylan bird team as always we hope you guys enjoyed those sweet sweet licks from the blue stones in my personal and humble opinion the best part about the daily face off podcast but probably that's uh that's just you know one humble man's opinion but uh we're gonna get right into the second half or the second part of the show because it's certainly not going to be 
as long as the first half. But um, yeah, as Brock has alluded to a few times already on the show tonight, Alexander Barkov um, down with a week-to-week injury. Lower body. Uh, which really means we have no idea how long he's going to be out. Could be four to six weeks. Could be two to three. I love how they say LBI, and it's definitely his knee. Yeah. Normally, like even seven to ten days would be a day-to-day. So um, I would assume it's going to be at least two weeks. But, you know, who knows? The NHL is the only league that gets away with putting out this sort of week-to-week. Yeah. Well, it's um, just, you know what's total timeline. garbage? Like, people are always are like, like, oh, they need to tell us all this information if they want us to bet on it, da 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 Sure. To a certain extent, I agree. Okay. I'm probably the only person in the world that doesn't want it full disclosure because, like, it would hurt business because yeah. if we just knew everything. But what's garbage to me is... Well, like, they still need a place to go and see this. Yeah. But it wouldn't be, like, as breaking or, like, as whatever. Anyways, what is bullshit to me, though, is, like, last night, and, and tons of teams do this, is the Islanders, they have no Josh Bailey... And no Ryan Pollock. The second the team hits the ice for warm-ups, the yeah, Islanders... 20 guys out there? No, the Island, no, but the Islanders tweeted out. Like, the second they hit the ice for warm-ups. They fucking knew that yeah. Bailey tested positive for COVID-19 hours before they hit the ice for warm-ups. They knew Pollock... Today they announced Pollock's out four to six weeks. They knew hours before yeah. and no one's that sitting there. Pollock is not playing. Yeah. And they wait until the minute this team steps onto the ice for warm-ups, and they're just like, tweet, Which Bailey means? out, tested positive for COVID-19, Pulak out, lower body injury. And it's like... That's just trots, though, And you're right? 7 like, o'clock. Yeah, it, well, it's just the Islanders. Like, they, yeah. they're so, but it's not just the Islanders. Ottawa like, well, did it with, uh, with Batherson, Batherson the yeah. other day. It screwed, him, screwed me on a Sunday, but I mean, like they knew the, how many people... I'm not saying it's just the Islanders, but that's so, a very trots yeah. thing yeah. It's just do, It's right? just hilarious to be like, hey, let's just... Like the Twitter account knows, and it's just like, hey, don't... Yeah, well, I'm with you. I think it should be a little more standardized anyway, even if it's just like the NFL where an hour and a half before kickoff, you have to have your active list out there, right? That's what it... And that's that is like, you know, I don't think you should... You might If you don't want to name your starting goalie, I think that's fine. You know, I, I really do. I don't think that they should have to name their starting goalie. It is what it is. You should know what the but lineup is. You should. You should not know even the, the lines. You should, but we should know the, the 18, 18 active yeah. players in the lineup, and the two backup, the two goalies. Who who's starting? Who's backing up? Doesn't need to be disclosed. But I'm you're right. You. They need an hour and a half. They need to be like, here's who's in, here's who's out. This is the active roster. Right. Well, you're talking sure. about the same league where it's the only league in all of the major five sports where they don't have an exact start time, so the fans just get fucked and have to sit around. Did you see Calgary yesterday? Yeah. The game's scheduled for 7 o'clock. Everyone's asking me who's starting for Calgary. It's it's clearly Markstrom because Vladar started the last two games, so they were given some time off. It's clearly Markstrom. But if it was any other situation, it would have been fucked. Start time, lock time, is 7 o'clock for fantasy. Yeah. For DFS. The game didn't start till 7.30 because they're doing a fucking Rick Tockett, Paul Holmgren Yeah, and how are we ceremony as a fan? And they didn't, no, nobody tweeted shit till like 7.15 or whatever. Yeah. Like, wait, by the way, this game's going to start late. Rick Tockett got a ceremony? Yeah, they were. Yeah, he did things I, there. I, I, think, uh, I think they, I don't know if they retired his jersey. He did I don't things. think they retired his jersey. Is that what they did? I don't know. I think they just honored them. Like I literally like was trying to watch it and just turned it off. I was like, fuck this, I'll come back when. Yeah. So luckily know. we knew it was Marks. Tangent but I was just like, aside. Yeah. Um, we need to some centers. Yeah, that yeah. Was we're three minutes of maybe <laughs> it will be as, as I time. said that somehow led to that massive aside. Um, Barkov is out for a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, and they told us they were very upfront about it. Yeah, they, they were told very us upfront. In advance. About it. Yeah, thank you. Um, so we're gonna go through some pickups for guys that are eligible at the center position uh, on Yahoo, and we're gonna look at guys in all ownership ranges because we know um, you know there's a lot of you playing in deeper leagues. So yeah, we're go- we're gonna start up a. a Above at under fifty percent, 
I'm going to roll it all the way down um, to like Brock said, as low as 5% uh, ownership. So something for everyone here. Um, and we might not love all these guys. No, These are all just kind of the standout options. When you look through, we'll give you guys our quick opinion on whether or not we think uh, they're worth picking up in the interim or, you know, if they have any long-term value, that sort of thing. Quick waiver wire rapid fire. Here. Absolutely. And Brock, wow, we're going to start us run. off uh, with one of my shout outs from, you know, basically the last month on end. And um, I talked about him again on the Monday report as and well. And you talked about how you liked Comfort more when McKinnon went out. I'm just going to point well, that out. Well, he's dead. I still, well, yeah, still would have liked him. He was yeah. still top li- in the top line, but he's right. out for four yeah. So which one of them has nuts. you know 10 points in the last five games? Is Kadri that JT Comfort his- or is that Nazem Kadri? Kadri extended his point streak to seven games this evening, picked up an assist in the first goal of the game. We're midway through the second as we record this episode. Kadri, 49% owned. Kadri is the guy with 10 points, now 11 in what, his last eight, you yeah. said? Who so apparently like- doesn't need to play with Landeskog, McKinnon, or Rantanen to be uh, a force. He just needs 20 minutes of yeah. ice. He night. just needs to face the other team's second and third pairings, which is fine, but he dominates them. So, so Kadri... Um, strapped to first power play center. Still on the second power play unit as well. Really? They just refused to move him up to the top power play unit. Like they, they just let him take draws every time. to move him up to the top line. No, Nicolas Abbe-Kubel I mean, is on the top line tonight. Uh, or top power play, I should say, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, Kadri's been absolutely scorching hot. 49% owned. I don't think, you know, D talked about him about a month ago. D talked about him about three weeks ago. I think we talked about him last week. I talked about him on the Monday report this week. He needs to be owned. I don't know why he's under 50%. He, it doesn't matter if he's not on that top line. He's still producing. He is the first candidate to move up to that top line. Most likely Alex Newhook would be a close second. I think Alex Newhook, he's not on this list. Somebody else to keep an eye on. I would not be picking him up, but if Alex Newhook, if you see it, like if Alex Newhook moves up to the top line, He's I will, already I, I will tweet about it. I will post about yeah. it on, on Daily Faceoff, on the DFO podcast, Twitter. You will know about it, and then you will want to pick him up at that point. But while he's on the third line, he's not worth it. Right now, Kadri's the guy to own with Comfort out. Kadri and Birakovsky averaging over 41 scoring chances per 60 together at 5v5 this season. Yeah, so been, even really, if he really doesn't good. get that call up to the top line, like everything, you know, Kadri's production at this point has been pretty legit. On ice shooting percentage, a little bit high. Um, but the biggest thing for him is the minutes. Is more than the the line mates at this point with how well he's playing right now. If he can keep getting these minutes, I think he'll keep being productive. One thing, too, that we've talked about, we talked about it um, outside of the show, but Colorado really hasn't played that many games. They've had an actually, like, kind of, I don't want to use the word bonkers for the eighth time of the show, but a bonkers schedule so far. Um, it seems like they're playing every fifth day, only two you, games this week. So that means that we have a ton of games coming up forward for them. It's just the way the schedule works. So you're going to start seeing four games from Kadri a week, three games, right. four games. And when you're starting to get that in your lineup, at this production, the way he is rolling, he is one of the hottest hands in the NHL right now that nobody's talking about. So When you think about the Avalanche schedule, what do you think? Do you think, like, fuck that? So f- well, it, see, it's really fucking annoying, and absolutely fuck that. What am I waiting around for five days for? But at the same time, it's kind of nice because they do have a lot of injuries. They have a lot of COVID right now. It is the best time for them to... Kind of, you know, let's get these resting out of the way. Let's take a week, play two games while McKinnon's out, and, uh, you know, hopefully he'll be back when the, yeah. the big schedule is there. I'm just worried that when the, the heavy schedule starts coming, the injuries are going to start to pile up even more. Okay, so um, let's just let's just take a look here really quick. Next week, four games. Uh, so long as that the Ottawa Senators do not cancel, uh, they don't postpone again. They got Monday against the Senators. The Avalanche, you should pick up Kadri. You should pick up any Avalanche you can get your hands on. They have the perfect streaming schedule for next week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. They also play Saturday against the Predators. So four games coming up next week. Huge, perfect schedule for them as well. And the week following that, three games, Wednesday, Thursday, 
Saturday, a Canadian wow. road trip. Those are so unreal. Against the least, the half. I like how we frame this as rapid fire and then just did the deepest dive on a guy that we've talked about three or four times. Yeah, already sorry. This We're year. gonna pick up the pace here. Uh, so I mentioned Ryan Hartman at the start He's of the episode, us. potentially somebody that could move to the top line. Yeah. With or I guess second line, whichever way you want to uh, phrase it, with Kirill Kaprizov and that uh, shot Matt volume Zuccarello. though yeah ryan hartman the shot volume is through the roof he has 50 shots through 15 games he's scored seven goals four assists and 11 points in 15 games i should say uh and while doing that while playing just under 17 minutes a night uh if he ends up moving to uh align with Kirill kaprizov you could probably foresee him playing even more minutes i just gave you his full season statistics though and he only had two goals in his first six uh he has five goals nine points in his last nine yeah, he's on fire. I, I think definitely worth a speculative ad. Obviously, on-ice shooting percentage is a bit high at 14%, um, you know, which you don't love to see because he's, you know, it's not like he's letting the world on fire or setting the world on fire. But like you said, um, he did have that slow start to the season. So 11 points in 15 games. And obviously, if he moves up the lineup, that can help mitigate any sort of regression he sees with the 14% on-ice shooting percentage. Hopefully, he can keep firing the biscuit like that. And we'll probably see a career year um, from Ryan Hartman. So, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be worth holding on for the full season, but I think worth a speculative ad right now. Yeah, yeah I would go Kadri over Hartman at this point in time. Oh, sure. Um, Absolutely. But Hartman did, like I said, he played the third period with Kaprizov. We'll see you in their next game, uh, which I believe is tomorrow, if that sticks. If it does, that, that opens up a, a world of opportunities for Ryan Hartman. Beebs, I'm not going to let you talk about him. I know you hate the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, no. Uh, Mikel Graham, 36% owned. I don't think we need to talk about him too much. He's somebody we've talked about a bunch. We talked about the Predators one. I talked about him on the Monday report as well. Since the Monday report, his own percentage has gone up 4%. He's gone from 32 to 36%. So some people are listening. Uh, National One continues to play extremely well. They're leaning on them very heavily. Uh, Granlin, Duchesne, and Roman Yossi have carried this team to this point, and they've been extremely effective. Uh, I do think, though, Trevor Zegers, 34% owned is probably the better ad. Trevor Zegers is scorching red hot right now. Uh, so not only is Anaheim 1 cooking, Anaheim 2 also cooking. Trevor Zegers, one of the most uh, highly touted prospects in the NHL right now. Yeah. It is absolutely insane to me that he is currently hot and still only 34% owned because I think he was 34% owned before he even played a game a season ago. So well. uh, two goals, one assist. Sorry, four goals, one assist in his last two games. Uh, the minutes still need to go up, but... Trevor Zegers is making a case to play much, much more. I think it's a little bit of worry because of Cole, Caulf- Cole Caulfield. I think a lot of people are worried of that that prospect. You know, like it may, they're they're burning people. But yeah, no, go grab Zegers if you can get him now. Um, keeper league especially. Yeah, he just has that kind of upside that you don't normally find on the wire because we don't really know um, what he's capable of. You know, especially at th- this early on in his career. So um, yeah, another guy that I think's worth the speculative ad, and I'd probably be. With I'm with you, Brock. I think I'd take him slightly ahead of Granlin simply because Granlin, um, you know, not unlike the guys we're talking about before, on extreme percentage a little bit high. Um, but I do think either. I do think Granlin's from what we're seeing. I think he's back to or he can get back to his Minnesota production this year, which we haven't seen since he's been in Nashville. Yeah. It's so. interesting because like you got Granlin playing 20 minutes a night, Zegers probably playing 14 minutes a night. But yeah. Zegers has you know he's got four goals in two games, and that's where I'm coming from. I'm see- always, I'm always going to default to upside on the wire. Yeah, we're never going to see four goals in in. Two games from Mikel Granlin. Just does not shoot the puck enough. You're going to see four goals in a year from Mikel Granlin. Uh, Anthony Sorelli, 34% owned. I don't think you have to make much of a case for him. Very, very solid player. 
Um, you know, maybe not the highest ceiling. We've talked about him, I think, a couple weeks ago and said that he's probably worth considering. But again, the ceiling's not that high. Does not shoot enough. Yeah. But he is still on the top line with Braden yeah. Point and Andre Pilat. They're also on the top power play unit together as well. So More of a uh, streaming option for me just because of that exposure. But yeah. He got um, punched in the face really fucking hard the other night. Yes, too. he did. He was bleeding um, from times. every orifice from, of his face. Yeah. One of my punched in the face category that week. So, yeah, yeah that was no, clutch. Yeah. We have Huge. that in our league. It's him, and then I played Montreal guy last night who just got pummeled by Ryan. Reeves. I was gonna say I knew there was someone who got their ass beat by <laughs> Pizzetta, Ryan. Yeah. Last night. Pizzetta, yeah, actually, uh, Ooh. it was uh, the, the other Daily Faceoff account. They tweeted like, "What, what would you, what would you call, uh, like, what he did, like, to fight Ryan Reeves? What would you call that?" And Ryan Whitney responded to it right away, and he was just like. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Like, stupid. He literally just yeah. looked him in the eye, and, and like, you could tell just like when they were squaring off, he was kind of just looking at him. He's like, what the fuck? Did I get myself into I'm about to get just pumped. And There's not just, a lot of guys in, that you like, you see in the NHL, and you're just like, yeah, like, I would never, ever dream of wanting to fight that guy, you know, that this day and age. And, and Ryan Reeves is, is definitely you can one even, of the few true fighters left in, in the league, yeah, for sure. And you can see it on Reeves' face. He knows as he's going in, like, he almost goes back, too, because it's like, this kid has no clue what the fuck he's doing. And then he just kills him. Uh, I, um, uh, I got to just beat the shit out of you. Oh, um, yeah. For Sorelli next week, specifically. Friday against Seattle, Sunday against Minnesota. So definitely somebody to keep an eye on as a streaming option next week. Uh, moving on here, we've got Jared McCann, 29% owned. Somebody else that we've talked about again recently. Me and D talked about him last week. Uh, we will talk about Yanni Gord and Alex Weinberg. We might as well mention all three of them. They are all on this list. Uh, you've got Yanni Gord at 26% yeah. owned. Alexander Weinberg at 15% owned. And Jared McCann at 26% owned. I personally... Uh, would rather have Alex Wenberg over the other two. You're uh, just being contrarian right, right now. now. No, I would rather have him. He's on the top line with Eberly and Schwartz. That offense seems to be very concentrated to whichever line Eberly and Schwartz are on. And yeah, I, I think that, you know, obviously we talked about last week that the playing time that Gord is getting is through the roof. It's really, really good. Uh, Nazem Kadri just almost scored again. But Gord is going to be playing the tougher minutes. He's going to be playing against the opponent's top line. We saw him doing that in, in Tampa Bay for uh, all of last year. And I think that's kind of the way that this uh, Seattle team is going now that they're fully healthy. So uh, I, I want, I, I guess I should say I want Wember. I want whichever center is playing on the top yeah. line with Schwartz and Everly. And right now that's Wember, also on the top power play unit. And he's been red hot himself. Nothing Does he have more that. than a shot a game this year? No, but he's twenty three and fifteen games. Hey. But he's Alexander. But he's Alexander Wenberg. He's never going to shoot a ton, but he's got. Uh, He'll get you the assist assists. if that's what you're looking for, yeah. for sure. Uh, 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 I'd rather Gord. I, like I just think for all the Yanni. reasons we talked about last Yanni. week. You I, like him for his name. I think if he's going to play 19, 20 minutes a night, I, I want Yanni Gord. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in on Yanni this year. I talked about it. His shot volume's up, and it doesn't need to be that high with his career shooting percentage for that guy to have a year. So uh, I'm still still hanging on to some Yanni stock. Robert Thomas, 26% owned. Uh, so it's on my DFO, DFS report every single day that St. Louis plays, I absolutely die when I look at Robert Thomas, Vladimir Tarasenko, and Ivan Barbashev. Is it Ivan Barbashev? I think it is Ivan Barbashev. When I look at their numbers together, this line, for whatever reason, I didn't even think that this was physically possible, yeah, but they average 40 scoring chances for and 40 scoring <laughs> chances against per 60. There is no higher tempo, high event <laughs> hockey than St. Louis 2 right now, and it is just nuts. Uh, the great thing to say about 
Robert Thomas is that they're averaging 40 scoring chances for per 60. He went, and I think this might be an unprecedented uh, jump in ice time. Obviously, you've got Braden Shen banged up right now. But on the year, last season, we saw 13 minutes, 36 seconds per game from Robert Thomas. This year, 19 minutes. Over 19. Yeah. But a it was, six minute per game jump. Was there a the more year. glaring player who could do it, though? I don't know if you've ever watched. Like, every level this guy's played at, yeah. he is that classic eat 20 minute center. Put up high assists, maybe get a couple goals here and there. Give up also. Well, he's a Wenberg, another guy that's yeah. barely over a shot per game. But yeah, yeah I, I'm with you. Like I, I think I've streamed Thomas like three or four times already this season, just because you know he's going to be playing a ton of minutes. A tie uh, event hockey, like you talked about, and you can be pretty, uh, you know, hopeful about picking up an assist that yeah. night. Again, I mean, you just got to you just got to know your format because he's not going to get you goals. He doesn't shoot a lot, and he doesn't shoot at a high clip. So you know, he's just not going to score. But but he has fourteen assists in five games. Yeah, and games that's not going to fall off too much. On ice or on ice shooting percentage is at thirteen point one right now, a little bit high, but but nothing crazy uh, by any means. So if he keeps getting that ice time with that high event hockey, like he's a good playmaking uh, center, and obviously he's got Tarasenko on his wing. Um, so he can still rack up a decent amount of assists this year for sure, but there's just going to be absolutely no goal production. Just really quickly, while we were talking, while we're talking about the St. Louis Blues, I do want to mention Scott Perunovic. Uh, Welcome called, to the show, Scotty. Called, called up from the AHL yeah. recently. Yeah, that's definitely a DFO podcast debut. He's a he, uh, won, he won the Hobie Baker, Baker last year, and he had 21 points in like 12 games this season yeah. at the AHL level. He's a defenseman for the record. Yeah. Now you're speaking uh, so the he language. Was, he, he moved up. Uh, I already got him. He moved up into the top four uh, defensemen immediately in St. Louis. He's also on the second power play unit as well. It's going to be difficult for him to, uh, you know, knock Tori Krug off, off that top power play unit. But he's the type of player that can, you know, has staying power in this lineup for the rest of the season and has legitimate offensive upside for those of you in deeper leagues. Uh, I actually added him as well in a twelve-team keeper league or yeah, twelve-team dynasty league. So uh, Scott Perunovic, he's uh, he's flying up right now though in, in ads. Yeah. What's he at now? Because he was at twelve percent when I added him yesterday. That's a good question. I you look it up while I talk about this next guy. Who's another guy we talked about a bunch. You know, we just need these own ownership percentages to go up, and we'll stop talking about him. Nico Heischer, uh, the New Jersey Devils continue to play very very well even without Jack Hughes. Nico Heischer, Pavel Zaka, Thomas Tatar, or Alexander Holtz, whoever's on that right wing, have been rock solid. Heischer and Zaka, uh, we talked about them a couple weeks ago, and they just continue to uh, be puck possession beast. The 5v5 numbers are really, really good. Uh, while we're talking about it, I might as well mention Zaka. He's also on this list, 16% owned. Also on this list from da- the Devils is Dawson Mercer, yes. who I think yes. is my preferred choice. Uh, I have him in a couple leagues. I play him on DraftKings almost every single yep. night. Uh, along with Jesper Bratt and uh, Andreas Janssen, who apparently actually wants to be called Andreas Johnson now, which I heard on the broadcast no. the other day. No, you're not allowed to do that. No, he, he said he wants to be called Johnson now. So Andreas Johnson with Jesper Bratt. That's just not... Well, I want to be called Beads Bonday. I, <laughs> I think you should double-check that, because that's no, just not how, on the that's just not how not you just, pronounce a J in, yeah, in well, Swedish. It's not just the New yeah. Jersey guys like, they committing just, to... Unless they just wanted to just like get themselves off the hook. Well, Pedersen was kind of like that, too, right? Because they said, like, how do you pronounce your name? He's like, it's Peterson, but in English, it's Pedersen, right? Yeah. Yeah, Which didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but that's, that's your name's your name. Yeah. If you ask me, yeah. like, well, just tell me what it is, and I'll but call you. But I mean, like, you watched. It, I could like, be Swedish in, for one. But word. if I played in the NHL, <laughs> they'd probably yeah. call. They'd call me Sagan. Well, they'd call well, you whatever you wanted. Yeah, to be called, you could. But they say, call Tyler Sagan Sagan. I think they call them Sagan because you made the point to be called Sagan. Maybe, but I go by Sagan, so you never know. Could right. Because you, you make the point to yeah. But now I'm going by Bondé. So Bondé. 
Dundee Bertram. Bertram. <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, so Dawson Mercer has been exceptional. <laughs> I really like that second line. I, I like Nico Heischer a lot. I would go Mercer, Heischer, um, Mercer, Zaka. Heischer, Heischer. Mer- Mercer, Mercer, Heischer, Zaka. <laughs> it would be the way I would go sure, in, in that. Sure. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. I think Mercer's got a, a ton of upside. And like we said, he just looks so fucking It's just yeah, not the kind of upside that you find on the definitely one of the top pickups right now. Because like we said, it's just not the kind Another of upside center that, that it, you find on the wire. And he's from the island. He's from Newfoundland. So I'm on board. And he's another second line center where his line is average. Actually, is Carbonier in Newfoundland 40, or is in Labrador? 40 scoring chances for per 60. Um, okay, another guy that we haven't given any. So here's finally a guy on this podcast that we haven't talked about yet, but we need to. Uh, Boone Jenner. Oh, where did this come from? Boone Jenner is just absolutely on fire. He is centering that top line. He is consistently playing over 20 minutes a night. On the season, he's averaging 20 minutes, 35 seconds per game. He has seven goals, two assists in 13 games. He is shooting 17.5%, but he does have 40 shots in 13 games, which is uh, better shot production than we've seen from him in quite some time. He only had 79 shots in 41 games a season ago. So he's nearly matched last season's shot total. Playing over two minutes more per night. Centering the top line with Oliver Bjorkstrand. I've never been a huge fan of, of Boone Jenner. but uh, Not for fantasy. I mean, obviously there's some red flags. I think he might be a little bit of a short-term ad here shooting 17%. But uh, the shot volume is definitely going to offset some of that. And uh, and yeah, I don't know. Boone Jenner, I think, is worth a show. The, the Blue Jackets, uh, I mentioned the Blue Jackets in the offseason. I really thought that this was a team that was going to surprise some people, particularly because of Elvis Merlikens. I love that guy. It's working for me so far. I don't look stupid yet. Uh, and yeah, so this Boone Jenner, Bjorkstrand fan of the show, it's working out. Yeah. No. You, neither a, one of you guys look at you want to talk about We're Boone dropping Jenner some crazy I, names. Boone, Yanni, Murph, Dawson. <laughs> we're just like, it's... Yeah, yeah no, I can I can it's, get behind it. I think if, again, it's probably, like you said, more of a short-term, maybe a streaming option. Um, but I think if you're in a pension, you're looking for a goal. A lot of these guys that we're talking about, they're more kind of pass-first, probably assist-first yeah. guys, uh, where Boone's very much the opposite. So, Would you uh, rather have Boone Jenner or Yanni Gord? Come on, who are you asking here? Yeah. See, I'd rather have Boone. I'm a Yanni truther. I'd rather have Boone. Uh, oh... I'd, Sniffing a bat. You'd rather have Boone. Sniffing a bat. You'd I'd also like to bring up a couple weeks ago, I dropped you'd rather have Boone. for Petrangelo and did that trade seconds after the show happened because someone who listens to the show is in our league. And, uh, and I'm feeling great about the Petrangelo deal. So you guys should do something right now. What do you want? You just more points? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Case of beer, more points. Yanni Gord. Well, I say Boone Jenner. I say Yanni Gord. Brock's yeah. Boone. I got Boone. Deezy Yanni. All, All right, day. there it is. Boone Jenner, Yanni All Gord. All day. Some shake hands. Both playing 20 minutes. Both Spit probably shake. not huge point guys. It's going to be like 45 to 48 by the end of the <laughs> season. But, uh, all right, moving on here. We have I Phil to know. The thrill. Uh, yeah, we, we, we haven't really talked about... Uh, f- oh, yes, we have. We talked we about, talked about it a little bit. Um, a little bit. All these guys we've been talking about, here, and we're here. just going to keep reiterating. That's why it is a rapid-fire segment <laughs> of the show. Uh, again, this rapid-fire segment was brought to you by us taking way longer than we expected. We're already at the 23-minute mark of the second half. And but- the beers we drank. That's yes. not bad. We got like 20 guys to talk about. So 23 yeah. minutes, it, not bad. And we, uh, yeah, you guys voted 47% of, or 37% of you guys wanted us to drink beers in this episode, and that's what we're doing. Uh, so, yeah. Philip Deneau's been particularly hot recently. Eight points, two goals, six assists, nine in his last nine games. Uh, shot volume is actually pretty impressive for Philip Deneau. 25 shots in nine games. That's over two and a half shots per game, which you would never see from the Montreal version of Philip Deneau. He had 73 shots in 53 games a season ago. So right. the shot volume is encouraging. He's playing more ice time than he did last year, which I did not think was even possible. 
Uh, and he's almost matched last year's goal total. We talked about last week, Alex I follow somehow is better with Philip Snow than he was with Anze Kopitar. This line's, again, another line that their offense numbers, actually they play tonight, so I have their underlying numbers right in front of me, yeah. right here. Uh, they're averaging 34 scoring chances and 15 high danger chances, four per 60. Better offensive numbers than Anze Kopitar and Victor Arvidsson together right now. Yeah, I, I, I think he's fine. Obviously, you know, history tells us that I just don't love um, his conversion rate on all that you know, offensive yes. zone ice time uh, and his ability to take advantage of it. But obviously he's a fantastic player to me. Um, not really a long-term ad, not a guy. And most of it's tied p- probably to that straight center eligibility, but not a guy I'm looking to hold on to my roster for the course of the season, but definitely a guy because of that high usage and because of those great numbers at five V five that I'm happy with streaming and yeah. spot starting on any given night, uh, regardless of the matchup. Cause you know, he's going to get the minutes and there's always the chance uh, that he gets on the score sheet, but I don't think he's going to be worth dedicating a roster spot to for the, for the full 82. Yeah. We're, uh, we're getting, I think that's almost basically a theme for the rest of the names down the list, but, it, but he does make a great, uh, as you mentioned, just a great, a great film guy. Yeah. He just doesn't have that upside that some of the other guys we've talked about uh, tonight do. I barely like dedicate a roster spot to him in DFS, even with these underlying numbers, let alone in, uh, in in season long where you basically have to hold on to him forever. Uh, So yeah, he's at 21%. Kirby doc is next 20%. The underlying numbers aren't really there for whatever reason, which is is crazy, but he is playing uh, an insane amount of minutes, but he, uh, you know, he's with the Brinkat. He's with Kane. I'm completely fine with it. I think adding adding Doc at 20%. I I don't know. Would you guys rather have Doc at 20% or Dano at 21? Kirby. I'd rather Kirby. Kirby. Just upside. He played yeah. 25 minutes the other yeah. night. Yeah. And he's with he's with the Brinkat and Kane. He's also in the top power play unit, which is great. Uh, for whatever reason, like their 5v5 numbers are just terrible. Hopefully that turns a corner eventually. But yeah, Doc is 20% owned. He, he it's more of the minutes. And, and it's, just that it's team looks that better mates, without yeah. Colton. The power play might struggle a little bit, but they just look more structurally sound. Doc wasn't sound. part of that power play. No. So. so yeah, he's on the top power play unit now under the new coaching staff. So uh, really like Doc at 20% owned. We already talked about Pavel Zaka, 16% owned. We already talked about Alexander Wenberg at 15% owned. We already talked about Dawson Mercer at 12% owned. Anton Lindell. Now we're getting into the deeper leagues, the dynasty leagues, but Anton Lindell I tweeted about him today, 8% owned. He moved up to the second line with Carter Verhage and Sam Reinhart in practice today. Not Sam Reinhart. Yep, nope, Sam Reinhart. Uh, in practice today, he did. He was not featured on any of the power play units because Joe Thornton is back in the mix, which is hilarious <laughs> to even say. Uh, but yeah, not a lot of power play time expected for Anton Lindell, but the numbers have been pretty solid for him thus far. Uh, and if, you know, if you're looking for a dynasty or, or keeper league replacement in a deep league for Barkoff, why not look towards his teammate? Yeah, I think all three of these guys that we're talking about sub-10 are all good dynasty shields. Yeah, big time. Uh, even, actually, yeah, we'll talk about the other one later, but Lundell, um, I mean, he just, when he when he is moving up that or lineup, he just he puts up points, and we're, we're seeing it. Um, but I was going to say, D, I just got really excited about our third guy. So, Brock, I'm just jumping ahead right right to Cole Sillinger. Um, this is one of my favorite players on this whole list. I won't even lie. Getting 30 – has 39 shots this year. The guy's pounding the net, getting almost 17 minutes a night. Um, and he, he's got six points in his last six games. That's a that's a hot hand. Against the Red Wings the other shots. day, he was – so he's, on, he's, he's their left flank yeah. on the top power play unit. And he had what would probably classify – as four or five really good scoring chances. And Thomas Grice, of all people, <laughs> fucking robbed him. Like, cold on every single occasion. Like, it wasn't like he, you know, had two pretty decent shots and two golden chances. Like, four glorious chances on one power play. Yeah. 
and Thomas Grace robbed him. So it, it, he's in a position to succeed. He's playing with good players. He's playing in the top six. Uh, right now on the season, he's only averaging 14 minutes uh, a night. But if you look back most recently, uh, since Max Domi's been out of the lineup, in his last five games, he's averaging over uh, 16 and a half minutes per night. Uh, so Domi, obviously a guy that hasn't really done a whole lot during his time in Columbus, he's been primarily on the wing. Anyways, or anywhere so should, aside and, from his rookie season. And that, he had that one like crazy year in Arizona. That's it? I think it was his rookie year. No, because he was in Montreal first. No. Or he had a crazy year in Montreal though, didn't didn't he? You know what? We'll we'll pull this up right yeah. now. Uh fifty two points in his rookie season, and then you're right, his first year in Montreal he had Montreal, points. yeah. He that's went the crazy. crazy. That's a crazy you year. You know, that's disrespectful. Seventy two points. That's disrespectful to me. He's had a good year in two yeah. of the places that he's played. <laughs> yeah. So I mean maybe <laughs> one good back. Year, maybe one good year is coming in Montreal or in uh, Columbus. Yeah, but I, anyways, I, uh he he's primarily on the wing now anyway, doesn't really pose a threat to uh Cole Sillinger's minutes. So yeah, Sillinger shooting a ton on the top power play unit, top six minutes. Uh I like him a lot. I think they kinda had to trust him into that lineup. He's proven he can, you know, he's twelfth overall pick in in on in the summer, like this year, right? Like this yeah, guy, he's ten years old. I think. Yeah, he's literally I, I honestly, ten years old. To to your point, Beavs, and I, I felt the same way. I think he's one of the best pickups that we talked about all night, not just in deep league. I you agree. Know how much I, I like Cole totally Sillinger. Agree. I think that his dad is Mike Sillinger, right? I, I think that he has. I'm almost positive. Maybe. Uh, no, like I'm 99 percent sure. <laughs> Every time we do this, though, but it's I like am, not even spelled am, the same way. I am just <laughs> as confident that his dad is Mike Sillinger as I am confident that he has just as good of a chance of winning the Hart Trophy as t- Troy Terry. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is Mike. Boom. Sillinger. So neither one of them are winning the fucking Mason, Hart You're not saying or not Mason Raymond. All right. Uh, now the Mason question McTavish. is. No, you were way no, off. No, Mason I was McTavish. thinking Raymond. Uh, now the question is Raymond. where? Yeah. Where was Cole born? Because Mike Sillinger played, I think, for like a record fifteen or sixteen teams in his NHL career. Pittsburgh, Nashville, Columbus. Ooh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, it's not fun. No wonder he went there. Yeah. But uh, all right, again, we're off the fucking rails again. Uh, so yeah, neither Cole Sillinger or Troy Terry is winning the Hart Trophy this season. Um. Jonathan Dolan is our last mention here. Six percent owned. Uh, this is Dylan's boy. boy. He's gone pointless yeah. in his last three, but he does have eight point six goals, fourteen uh, in fourteen games this season. He's playing over fourteen minutes a night. He's on a line that is just absolutely. I just incredible. I just love that line. I've the talked about it a lot. numbers there are just through the roof, and they're just getting back in stride. You know, they had that basically probably the worst COVID case or one of the worst COVID cases. Yeah, they must be pissed Ottawa. Yeah, Ottawa, Ottawa came in and was like, hey. Yeah, but I mean, they're Ottawa. So yeah. Ottawa uh, anyway. wanted to compete with Vancouver. No, I, ho- I, hope they're all, I hope they're all doing well. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Timo Meyer, Logan Tour, and Jonathan Dolan just through the roof at, at 5v5. Over 40 scoring chances per 60 and over 19 high danger chances per 60. Yeah, they're absolutely nuts. These they, guys are getting to the slot and they're getting shots off. Dolan's on top power plane with them as well. Um, so yeah, I, you know, underlying numbers look pretty good and I just think there's more to come here. Uh, we already talked about how Dolan is kind of that overaged rookie who had some pretty, um, good years already, uh, in, under his belt in Europe. So, uh, yeah, I like him a lot. Um, you know, I, I really surprised, well, not surprised still under 10% because I, I really think that, you know, he would have shot up in ownership had the, uh, you know, they'd not been ravaged with COVID like they were. Uh, you know, Timo Meyer missing almost two or three weeks, whatever it was. So, uh, but yeah, they're all back out there now. That line looks great. And I want a piece of it, especially when it's available in 94% of leagues. Yeah. And they pop towards the top of my, uh, Daily daily rankings every single week because so much they are just, they're so good. They're so good. (laughs) It's like your fourth rhyme tonight. I love it. Just it's rhyme time. That's what happens. That's what happens when 37% of our listeners want us to hit the beers. So with that said, that is going to do it for season seven episode 
15 of the Daily Faceoff <laughs> Podcast. Very I am Doc. your host, Broxy again. We've got Dylan D. Berthy and Michael Bisbondi with me on my left and right wing here. We would be averaging four scoring chances for per 60 if we were in the NHL. But, uh, that is generous. Not even. Yeah. You think so? I, I can barely skate. We so. would have to generate. I would have to do it all, and I you, can't do that. <laughs> I cannot. Yeah, deke it out. You understand that like we'd have to actually generate a scoring chance to be able to average four per yeah. 60. You do realize I don't even generate How are we ever generating theory? a scoring chance in the Because we probably only play like 12 <laughs> minutes ever. If we score, it's Power not going to be off a legitimate scoring chance. So like, I don't, I, like the yeah. underlying metrics are not going to be kind to us. Yeah. We would just have to struggle defensively mightily just to even get close to generating a scoring chance. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I'm getting in so. that zone. I'm ripping a clap and it's getting We would lost. literally need to plant Brock at like the opposing blue line and just be like, okay, stand there. And just get lucky. Yeah. Lay down. Just play the bumper for me and B. Yeah. <laughs> on the rush. The bumper on the rush. <laughs> Anyways, again, that is going to do it for today's show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And uh, I will see you guys back here on Monday for the Monday report. And then these boys will be back here middle of next week. See you guys past you. Call me Gretzky. You haven't called me in once. Never mind. Peace. <laughs>
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.